Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. The trials of Jesus are ended. The verdict is in. Jesus is innocent and needs to be executed. What? That's right. Pilate pronounced Jesus innocent at least three times, and now he will be executed. Remember the words of Joseph? When talking to his brothers, he told them what they had intended for evil, God intended for good. That's true also in the Lord's case. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus is led away to Calvary, to crucifixion and death. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 23 and study, Led Away to Calvary. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, these are somber chapters in your word. We come face to face with our sin and face to face with our Savior. And we can't do one without the other. We need to be confronted by our sin. We need to recognize our need for a Savior. And then by your glorious gospel, we get to see the good news that we have a Savior, that we are not alone in our sin, condemned in our sin, but rather Jesus Christ delivers us from sin through faith in him. Now, Father, I ask that you open my eyes and my ears to your truth, along with everyone who shares in this study. And Father, may I know the truth and be set free through the truth, not simply in experiencing the salvation that I've already experienced, but to be set free from my flesh, which holds me back, the desires of the flesh. Help me to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh, therefore embracing all that Jesus died on the cross to give me, salvation and sanctification. And Father, I thank you for this as we look forward to the glorification that you provide in eternity. Now, Father, thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We will begin our study today by reading Luke chapter 23, verse 26. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. The first phrase of today's passage may be the most significant. It says, Now as they led him away. John's Gospel in chapter 1 says, He came into his own, and his own received him not. Now we're told they led him away. Jesus had come to the Israelites as their Messiah. He had come to bring salvation, to teach them of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He had come as a fulfillment of God's covenantal promise with Abraham that through his seed, all nations of the earth would be blessed. And yet here they are. They reject him. They try him. They falsely accuse and convict him, and they cry out for his crucifixion, and now, we're told in verse 26, they lead him away. They take him out of the city. They take him out of their hearts. They reject Jesus. They led him away. We're told further, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. We're not told much. In one gospel, we're given the names of Simon's sons. We're not told why Simon carries the cross. 
It is believed, or tradition tells us, that Jesus was so weak from the scourging, the beatings, the trial, being up all night long, that he couldn't carry the 30 to 50 pound crossbeam of the cross up to Calvary. That makes sense. Either way, they recognized that they needed an individual to carry the crossbeam. Typically, someone who was to be crucified carried their own cross. But Simon is pressed into this responsibility, and he follows Jesus up to Calvary. There's a lot of images that come to our hearts and minds as we think about something like that. Walking behind Jesus, Simon was fresh. He hadn't been beaten. He wasn't convicted. And yet, as an innocent man, just as Jesus is innocent, he carries a cross. I'm reminded of Luke's passage in chapter 9 that says that we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. Well, Jesus bore our cross so that we might have forgiveness of sin. And now Simon bears Jesus' cross, the innocent bearing the cross for the condemned. That happens here. Jesus does that for us. Simon does that for Jesus. What it must have been like to walk behind Jesus, to have the cross removed from his shoulders, and then to be permitted to walk away, leaving Jesus to be nailed to the cross and crucified. I can't comprehend it. In verse 27, we're told, And a great multitude of people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented. This crucifixion was a great spectacle, not just because Jesus was to be crucified, but others were to be crucified, and all of these kinds of things drew a large crowd. But among those who were mocking and spitting at Jesus and what the Bible calls wagging the tail, there were those who were mourning, those who had trusted in Christ, those who were sorrowful to see someone like Jesus be crucified, and were told, and women also mourned and lamented him. In verse 28, we're told, Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. What an amazing thing. According to Luke's gospel, even on the way to Calvary, Jesus is instructing, he's teaching, he's consoling, he's warning. He tells these women who are mourning for him that they need not mourn for him, but rather they needed to weep and mourn for themselves and for their children, because we're told in verse 29, For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and on the hills, fall on us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? And so Jesus is saying there's coming a time of judgment. There's coming a time of tribulation and travail. And this saying will be said that those who were barren, those who had never bore children, those who had never nursed children will be blessed. Conditions will be so bad that parents will wish they had not brought children into the world. That's what this is saying. Jesus is going to the cross. He is bearing our sin and our condemnation, and yet judgment is coming upon the world, primarily because they rejected Jesus Christ. Remember when Jesus weeps over Jerusalem? He weeps because they did not recognize their day of visitation, the day when the Messiah would come, and because of this, the temple would be destroyed, not one stone left upon another in AD 70. All of this has a great impact not only on the Israelites, not only on our salvation, 
but on history in general. The consequences of what happens here goes on all the way through the book of Revelation. And Jesus says, blessed are the barren. Weep for yourselves and your children. We need to note what is said in verse 30. Then they will begin to say that the mountains fall on us and on the hills cover us. The things will be so bad during this tribulation period or during this time of oppression or misery that they will wish that they were dead. It could mean that they would wish that the mountains would just cover them and protect them. It could mean both. But things are going to be so bad that they're going to look to the mountains for either protection or to end their life. They're going to look to the mountains and say, fall on us and to the hills cover us. In verse 31, for if they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? That's an unusual statement. I believe it simply means this. For if they do these things to the Lord Jesus Christ, if they do these things to that which has life in it, to him who brings life, what will be done to those who are devoid of life? What will be done to those who are not Jesus the Savior? The Bible often says these words that if the righteous will be judged, how much more so the wicked. That's an important phrase for us to recognize. Judgment begins at the house of God. God is going to judge us. He's going to look at us. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of those things that are done in the flesh, whether good or evil. But if the righteous are to stand before God and give an account, how much more so the wicked? If they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? It's the idea of fire. If they put fire to the greenwood, what's going to happen to the dry? Jesus is warning the people, judgment is coming. Even as he goes to the cross, he's pointing to a judgment that tells us we need a Savior. And he's going to the cross to be the Savior of the world. Praise the Lord. We need to spend time and think about these things to ponder them, to ponder our sin, our need for a Savior. We need to think on God's grace, mercy, and love, his long-suffering toward us that would allow Jesus to go to the cross. What these individuals who crucified Christ intended for evil, God intended for our good and for the Lord's good. He has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven of things on earth, of things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despising his shame. Christ is exalted. We need to trust in him and exalt him. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. And Father, help us to meditate on your word, not simply to just read over it, not simply to spend 10 or 15 minutes hearing it, but rather help us to think about these things. Help us to meditate, to hide these things in our heart as Mary ponders all the things that Jesus said and did in her heart. She kept them close. We need to follow that example. These are precious words, precious images. Help us to revere them. And Father, guide us into righteousness, not simply salvation, but sanctification as well. Remind us, Father, that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, mind has not conceived of those things that await those who love you. Help us to grow in our love for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.